What's up, beer drinkers? We got another great show for you again this week. Sorcerer Chromatic is back in Cold Brew Studios, and we go over not only the beer news, but we also have a fantastic cold brew list. We list off the scariest roller coasters on earth. And during our drunken shenanigans, we go over part four of the Star Wars series Ahsoka on Disney+. And then we talk a little bit about football. We actually talk about the upcoming um, Sunday uh, regular season week one. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of funny. There's some cold takes in there. But, you know, I, th- I thought my, my, me in particular, I thought my thought process was logical, even though it turned out to be way off. So that's kind of fun. Um, don't forget to follow us on Untapped and Instagram. And yeah, that's about it. So without any further ado, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at your pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Well, I'm back. Good to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back in the studio. I mean, you you were still on the last show, but you weren't in the studio. You were in the our mobile studio. We borrowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was still good, man. I, I got some good feedback uh, on our predictions, so... Uh, our segment uh, that we do every year, so that was that was kind of fun to to read those. But um, yeah, now we're here. Back Any in feedback, the flesh. Good feedback for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So now we're back here in the flesh, about to drink some beers. So uh, let's get to it, shall we? Sure. All right. So this first, my this first beer. <laughs> I'm, maybe I might have a couple on the show. Who knows? Um, so today I have in front of me from our new friends up in I know the Grand no Elk Rapids not Grand Rapids Elk Rapids Michigan from Shorts Brewing I have Melt My Brain. Uh, this was given to me by a coworker. He went up him he and his wife went up to Michigan to visit. I think it's her side of the family. Um, and yeah, they went uh, a couple different breweries. He said this was his favorite beer of it, of the whole trip, and he was happy that uh, they canned it. Um, this is one of their, I guess their, they might be their flagship. It's called Melt My Brain. It's an ale brewed with lime, juniper, and coriander, blended with tonic. So I looked this beer up because he he couldn't understand. Uh, he's not a beer guy, but he knows he likes this beer, and it's kind of a shandy you know a shandy is beer blended with juice this is beer blended with tonic so they brew it with lime juniper and coriander during the brewing process but then they uh, blend it with just tonic um to give it an effervescence uh let me see here it is 4.0 alcohol by volume so definitely a crusher it is a 12 ounce can there's no ibu rating on the can so uh yeah without further ado pop off what do you got Real quick, uh, when you said uh, you're happy they canned it, <laughs> yeah. did they ask him, you like that in a can? <laughs> in the can? No, he said uh, right there at the table's fine. Yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this is my buddy, my buddy Isaac, and uh, he's actually going to Cleveland uh, next week for uh, Super Tech, like I did last year. Good for him. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jealous, but at the same time, I'm proud of him and... Hope he does well. Hope he could, brings home the gold. All right, what do you got? Hey, I have. Uh, I'm starting a little early with the seasonal beers. I have from our friends at Oma Gang, their OMG series. They're All Hallows Treat. Oh, okay, nice. It's an imperial chocolate peanut butter stout, and it is very decorated in uh, cemeteries and zombies and ghouls and ghosts and bats and all that. Stuff. I'm with it. But it's a uh, sweet and spooky, like the perfect Halloween night. All Hallows treat rekindles your favorite childhood holiday memories, aromas and flavors of dark chocolate, creamy peanut butter, and soft vanilla finish swirl with a smooth body and medium mouthfeel. 
It's the perfect throwback that brings you to to your first bite of a chocolate peanut butter cup. Uh, 7.6 ABV, uh, 18 IBU, and it's their it's actually their fall. The hops is is it Saz or Sass? I pronounce Saz. Saz. All right. And the fermentables are two row baked oats and chocolate malts, and uh, they suggest a tiku glass. Oh, all right. Available in this. 16-ounce can, draft, or four-pack can. And um, you know, I got this one, too, because, uh, you know, Oma Gang's pretty uh, available out there. So uh, just uh, trying to season all that maybe some other of our listeners could uh, find and enjoy as well. So any further ado, pop. I could see why they, they consider this a shandy. It does taste like a shandy. It does taste like a, a fruit juice blend, blended beer. Um this one, it's got a lot of good notes uh, from the lime and the, the the juniper. I don't get a lot of coriander because I was waiting for like a spicy bite to it, but there's no spicy bite to it. Um, and then the the tonic gives it like a, a it, it is very, um, it didn't have a lot of uh, head to it, like a lot of foam in that way, but it does have, it feels like it's carbonated because of the tonic. So this, I can see why this, this is a really fucking good beer. This is a really good summer beer. Coming out of Michigan, I know I know it's summer in Michigan. It's summer like everywhere in the northern hemisphere uh, during these months, but ain't no summer like a like a like a more closer to the equator. Let's say I'm not saying that I, Arizona has the exclusive summer rights, but more closer to the equator where it's hotter. This would be a fucking perfect beer. Um, so they got to start shipping this down here and down to um, you know the the southern states. <laughs> it is really good. I, I think this, I, I could dig this beer. I don't even know if this is a beer. This might, this is more like a seltzer. So how's your beer? I'm sorry. I was uh, enjoying mine while you were talking. Yeah. Not too much. I, right away, a lot of positive stuff about this one. Um. Okay, not to call out or, you know, name names, but, you know, there's some, uh, there's some breweries with a peanut butter stout in uh, their normal rotation. This chocolate peanut butter stout, phenomenal, done really yeah. well. Yeah. the The chocolate is there, the peanut butter is there, the stoutiness of the beer is there. Not too roasty for a stout, mm-hmm. uh, but it's yeah, it's a, uh, it's good mouthfeel and the sweetness is, is just good because it's there and yet not overpowering. You know, you still know it's a beer. Yeah, the stout. <laughs> right. But um, just let me ask you about the, the peanut butter, because sometimes for me anyway, so this is subjective. So, but for me, it's it's, it's a little overpowering. How is it uh, for you in your perception? It balances. It, it complements the, the okay. chocolate. All right. The dark chocolate is a uh, is a uh, the the obvious note. Okay. Gotcha. Right on, man. So we me. will. Yeah. Go ahead. Me anyway. How to say? Yeah, I get it. All right, so right now um, we're going to move on, but uh, later on we will rate our beers on Untapped. So don't forget to follow us on Untapped. Search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now, it's time for some beer news. First story uh, is about Bud Light again. You know what? After all this shit, they, they still get a lot of press. Um, even though I, I, I'm not talking about this and this news story, but I read a headline the, um, the other day. It said that uh, Bud Light is still down like about 30%. I don't know if they mean by volume or by sales numbers, um, but they're still down and there's no sign that they are ever going to recover any of that um, market share for Bud Light. So, oh, oh well. But however, this story here's the headline bill gates foundation buys almost 100 million dollars into bud light's parent company so bill gates foundation you know they 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 uh uh, invest you know to help the foundation you know they're they're um invest they they invest into companies and so they bought into ab inbev they i think uh as a in long term they feel ab inbev is a good buy and I've read that too. I mean, we've talked about the stories, you know, worldwide, AB and Biv is up despite Bud Light sales being down. 
So let's see here. Bud Light's parent company is getting a confidence boost from billionaires Bill and Melinda Gates' foundation after the organization's trust bought 1.7 million shares of Anheuser-Busch last quarter. A regulatory filing valued the purchase at about $96 million. The company has seen sales decline following its controversial handling of transphobic backlash against its partnership with trans model and influencer Dylan Mulvaney. I wonder if she got a, a, like uh, a bump in uh, um, in sub subscriptions on her channels. I never, I, oh. I haven't seen any stories about that. I'm, she has to, right? I mean, her name got thrusted into the, the spotlight, mainstream media. Uh, let's see. In late March, Bud Light sent. Yeah, we already, we already know that. Um, the company at first issued a statement stating, yeah, "We know that too." I read this, but I forgot about it. Um, the outlet reports that this isn't the first time Gates has purchased a beer company through the foundation's trust. Though he's admitted he's not a big beer drinker, Gates's foundation bought about one billion dollars worth of shares in Heineken's parent company. Heineken holding. So yeah, there's, there's, he's spreading around the beer industry. First Heineken and now AB InBev. And I think we did talk about that uh, that Heineken buy back when it happened. It was a while ago. Uh, let's see. One other story I wanted to get to was... Remember, uh, uh, was it about a month ago or so? A couple months ago, I talked about uh, Beer Thug. Um and how he, his place was vandalized, his brewery is vandalized, but he's also um, sharing a brewery with uh, Brewery X. Well, and Brewery X was hit with a, a warning saying they had to pay like $100,000 in rent or they were going to, in three days, or they were going to get uh, foreclosed. Well, they are closing. Brewery X is closing. And let's see, here is their Instagram post on July 28th, Border X Brewing ceased operations and began the closure process. We apologize for not having an organized and formal goodbye for the company or the community that has stood by us through our launch and difficult COVID closures. That is the part that hurts the most. Know that we appreciate your kind message and support and we love you too. Um, that's their, that's part that's of their Instagram post. This is from, um, uh, LA Taco, they uh, was were the ones who reported it, and they confirmed that they had closed. Um, Edward uh, Preciado sent a photo of the eviction notice made out to Border X last week. He informs LA Taco that he remains open and is in negotiations to take over the lease for the long run. LA Taco reached out to David Favela for comment via email and did not hear back. So LA Taco is a publication out of LA, and they were the ones, I think, who... Who was who were covering the story the best, and so yeah, so it looks like Brewery uh, Border X is out, and Beer Thug is gonna expand because they're gonna take over the whole building. So good for Edgar and his people down at Beer Thug Brewing. Got to get down there. Got to get down there someday. Got to support la comunidad. All right, man. Um, that's all the beer news stories I have for this week. So you know what that means? Yeah. It means it's every time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold brew list. As we As proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what give you need. Well, let me ask you this. Hmm. Have you ever been scared of a roller coaster? Yeah, not not in a long fucking time though. I've never chick. Uh, I, I couldn't say I never chickened out. When I was younger, when I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12, I chickened out. But yeah, not recently. Okay. Well, to remind a little bit, because I wasn't fully on the show last week. Um, you know, you came out to visit and uh, we had some family time and we took our daughters and uh, cousin of theirs to Great America. Yep. For those of you who know, are familiar, it's an amusement park out here and um, really popular uh, in the Bay Area. And um I mean, they have some some uh, full fledged rides, and um, I don't know. I, I don't want to be like a, a mean dad. Just um, your daughter, who is twelve or fourteen, depending on uh, who you ask. Legalities, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and my daughter, who is three and a half, they rode on a roller coaster together. And uh, my daughter, she uh, she wasn't having the best time. <laughs> she was and, excited uh, to get on know, it. Yeah. Yeah, she was ready to get on it, and she was happy, and she said she liked it on the way up. But, um, you know, the uh, the fo- the right photo uh, told a different story. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, she was a little trooper, and uh, she, you know, she was a sport about it, even though she she was scared. Yeah. Uh, long story short, we uh, just have a list of the scariest roller coasters because, hey, you know, if a three-year-old... Uh, he gets scared on a roller coaster. You know, if you size it up, uh, anyone could get scared on a roller coaster, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, we had our, the people that we were with, the family members, didn't want to get on it. The, the the ones that we did get on. You know, without getting too much detail, the last time I, I, I chickened out on a roller coaster, it was, I think it was the Boomerang at Magic Mountain, only because this was uh, back when I wore a... Uh, when I wore the the Vans with the old school laces that weren't really tied, I was just scared I was gonna lose my shoe. Oh, okay. So you weren't scared of the ride. You just didn't. It was a wardrobe malfunction. Yes. And okay. at the same time, uh, I know now they have like cubbies and pockets and stuff like that, but I didn't have any inkling uh, that they had those there at the time. So yeah, oh, I get like, you. And then um, before you get you know smart too, I mean. I would have to take up my hat, my sunglasses, and, you know, there's like four items I would have to hold on to to, just to ride a ride. <laughs> to me, it wasn't one. Right. And I didn't want to rid a locker for the day. No, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's get to the list. So I have a list of these scary um, roller coasters. And speaking of which, the first one, number 10, is of the Full Throttle in Valencia, California, at the aforementioned Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh, nice. Yeah. It launches the car from the station at 66 miles an hour mm. before even shooting them to the world's second tallest vertical loop. Oh, wow. Um, That's one of those uh, like electromagnetic uh, magnetic, uh, starters, right? Probably. Yeah. And then uh, it stands 160 feet and the riders travel more than 2,200 feet in less than a minute. Jeez. Yeah, you're 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 moving. Right, moving on. Yep. The cannonball in Farmington, Utah. Oh, cannonball coming. So, uh, the this is the steepest drop in North America, located mm. in L- Lagoon Amusement Park in Utah. Uh, oh, wow. it's a twenty-two million dollar ride that yeah. was built and designed mostly in house. Oh, wow. It's a 208 feet tall. Wow. 116 depressed. I'm sorry. There's a typo. Degrees drop. Wow. In a 140 foot uh, inverted loop. 116 degrees? So it's like almost vertical. Yeah. I like, well, how do you measure that? Because 90 is up and down. So, yeah. That's a good. That's a good question. Is it like? Is it like almost upside down at that point, or is it just almost vertical, like you know, twenty six degrees from vertical? But anyway, go ahead. Um, but you get over seventy miles an hour. Yeah. Moving on. Ooh, mm-hmm. the Gravity Max in, I think it's Taichung, Taiwan. Okay. Um, it is located at Lepau Land Discovery World in Taiwan. It raises it 114 feet before the track breaks, flipping the car down 90 degrees and dropping it uh, 30, uh, th- I'm sorry, 34 stories. It's the only roller coaster of this kind in the world. I think I've seen that one, right? It's like a trick where it looks like it breaks down. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, next one. This one's the Ultra Twist, the Ultra Twister, mm. in May Prefecture, Japan. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Yeah, close it's enough. It's at Nagashima Spa Land in May Prefecture, Japan. It's very unique feature: fiberglass shells. Riders are put in those shells and then brought up a vertical chain lift 
hill at which the point the shells plummet to a 84 degree drop. I hope you're not claustrophobic. Jesus, yeah, no, yeah, I, I might, I might chicken out on that one. I, I don't like being confined in in a little small space like that. Next is El Toro in Jackson, New Jersey. Hmm. Uh, it's Six Flags uh, Great Adventure in New Jersey. It's the fastest wooden roller coaster, reaching up to 70 miles an hour speeds, including the first 176 foot drop. Nice. Oh, the first okay. terrifying drop is 176. Yeah. So over a series of insane hills. You know, that's what I like about wooden roller coasters is because they don't do the flip or, you know, they can't flip. Mm-hmm. They do have a lot of up and down. You know, they, they do have a, they do have some good, um, you know, like speed, if you will. Some yeah. straight, you know, straightaways. Well, hilly straightaways. I don't know if that makes sense. No, yeah. The, the, they really go up and down with the, the Gs, the G-forces. Right, five, the Fury, three twenty-five under Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's at Carowinds Amusement Park in Charlotteville, North Carolina, and Fort Mill, South Carolina. Yes, both states. It crosses the line. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, can you bring fruit on they, board or no? <laughs> you know, some states you can't bring fruit uh, across state lines. Oh, yeah. Can you bring fruit on board of the the train? Yeah, they have a what you call a um, well, like a a border crossing thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, they stop and you have to <laughs> and they check. You have to declare. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, you have anything to declare? Okay, keep going. Um. So, wait, hold on. The riders begin their adventure in one of three uh, 32-passenger open-air trains. The peak height of 300. Wow, that's pretty big, 325. Oh, yeah. Following a dramatic 81-degree drop. Then, like a angry hornet chasing its targets, the riders race to a massive 190-foot-tall uh, barrel turn and high-speed S-curve, reaching speeds of 95 miles an hour. Wow. Woo. It's America's. It's North America's longest steel roller coaster at 1.25 miles long, and hmm. crosses both North and South Carolina state lines. It's crazy. Yeah, that's huge. Next is Formula Rosa in out in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. Hmm. Um, Emirates or Emirates? I'm, I'm sorry, Emirates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The theme park called Ferrari World would have the fastest roller coaster in the world. Uh, travels 1.3 miles in just 90 seconds. Damn. Riders are given protective eyewear designed to protect passengers from the wind force generated by the coaster's high speed. Speaking of speed, the coaster uses a hydraulic wind system similar to those used to launch jet planes. Riders are shot out of the launch area using... Wow, 20,800 horsepower and propelled to a height of 170 feet in less than five seconds. Jesus Christ. Wow. Next is the Takabisha in in Yamanashi, Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, At Fujikyu Highland Park in Japan. This one features a 121-foot drop that is also the steepest in the world. Uh, the the 3,300-foot ride begins with a sudden drop, then into a pitch-black darkness before and Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do dropping into darkness like that. I mean, especially because, uh, well, it's not like the Space Mountain where it's all dark. It's like if you start in daylight and then go into a tunnel, yeah, that gets me. Oh, I, I I like that. I don't for so I know I, I'm a bit claustrophobic. I couldn't be confined, but I do like going into like those. Uh, uh, I think that Gold Striker at um, at Great America. You know, you go, you climb up the hill, and then you go down the first hill, and it's all covered. I like that. It's true. The thing about Gold Striker is because it's wooden; it's not going to flip. I guess oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe. Gotcha. So you drink in the darkness and then you enter a slow heartline roll 
In just two seconds, the car is launched by Linear Motors down a 207-foot-long tunnel to a speed of 62 miles an hour, with an exit as a station and directly into a large inverted top hat, followed by a banana roll corkscrew. Uh, but what? What the hell is a banana roll corkscrew? I never heard of that. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's a if it's a overhead track, then it's just like a right. um, yeah. I, it depends. I, I have I can't see the the roller coaster in front of me, so I'm kind of guess guessing. Moving. Yeah. To the Intimidator 305. Oh shit. Is that a, a is that a Dale Earnhardt um, roller coaster? Did they it crash is. you into the wall? Oh too oh, soon. Too soon. Okay. <laughs> Um, so it's located at King's Dominion in Doswell, Virginia. The Intimidator 305 is a steel roller coaster that drops over 300 feet, making it one of only four coasters in the world that do so. Wow. Standing at 305 feet tall, it reaches speeds of 90 miles an hour. You get kind of fucking bored. You're going down so, so long. <laughs> My next is the King de Ka. In Jackson, New Jersey. It's a uh, astounding 456 feet tall. Uh, six Flags Great America Adventure in New Jersey has the honor of being the tallest in the world, according to the park. You'll leave the station going from zero to 128 miles an hour Ooh. in a jaw dropping 305 seconds. It's a 90 degree straight up, and once you get to the top, you'll be plummeting right back down. In a 270 degree spiral that is not recommended for wimps. <laughs> there is very little you can do to prepare for the drop of its intensity. You'll top off you'll top it off with a 129 foot camel hump. Please. Wow. That's that's like a, a like the beginning drop on a lot of roller coasters, and that's just a, a hump for it. Right. Yeah, it's some crazy stuff. Fucking name, Nothing man. from Great America on this list. <laughs> well, they had that stealth. I think that was the world's first laid down roller coaster, and then someone fell out out of it, right? And then they had to they tore it down. I can't remember that. Was it laid down? Yeah, it was like a you know like but you know uh, um like Superman position. Oh okay. I remember. I don't know if they died, but I know I I heard someone fell out of it, and so they shut it down, and then they end up just. Um, just uh, closing or you know dismantling it because it's not there anymore hmm. but yeah um, going back to uh, well, since we're on the topic of uh, roller coasters uh, Great America's got some good roller coasters I mean they have the, the Top Gun well they call it Flight Deck now but back then when it first came out Paramount owned the theme park so they named that roller coaster after Top Gun and they still have all the decorations. Um, they just changed the name on the uh, on the uh, the front uh, marquee, and that one's good. That's probably their best roller coaster, wouldn't you say? Or is that, or I should say, the your favorite? Yeah, I mean, their own. that that railblazer looked cool, but yeah, we didn't have the time for that. Yeah, some people. Uh, I I I was talking with someone who's from the Bay Area, and they they like the uh, the railblazer, but. Yeah, we didn't want to wait that long. It seems kind of short, too. Um, oh, yeah. That's a small one. Yeah. Because it's a small footprint because it's built into a confined place. So they did a really good job with the space they had, though. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns in that thing. But I, I like the flight deck. And, uh, and of course, the Demon. That's the that's the OG for Great America. That's the uh, the original uh, badass roller coaster. And, uh, yeah, I... I and I was reminded by our uh, by our mom that uh, yeah, Great America is about to about to be shut down in two years. No, like ten years. Oh, is it ten years? All right, good, yeah. good. Okay, we have we have a little bit of time, but um, yeah. So they they got some uh, what they have one, two, three, four, five, six roller coasters. I think, and they're good. They're good roller coasters. They're fun, and the short wait too. That's my favorite part. Oh, seven, seven if you count the Snoopy one. 
yeah, it was fun. I mean, definitely, that was the first time I took my daughters there, and we live, you know, down the street from there. So, um, hoping to go back soon. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, and then uh, on that list, uh, though, uh, the one from uh, actually, there's two that are pretty close to me because uh, now that I'm in Arizona, the the one in Utah, but the one in Six Flags, Magic Mountain. My my daughter loves roller coasters and. She wants to go back to Great America, but I think once I take her to Six Flags, Magic Mountain, in Valencia, um, Great America is going to seem kind of tame. Has she been to Six Flags yet? No, not yet, not yet. We drove by it a couple times, but um, we never, we didn't stop because we were just driving back from Paso, Paso Robles. Um, <laughs> you know when you, um, yeah, I'm sorry, when you mentioned how you, um. You you took her to Disney once for uh, I guess singing was it her choir her choir thing yeah 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 okay I thought you did something like that at for for um, Magic Mountain too oh okay no not yet maybe maybe this year I don't know <laughs> I don't know what her choir is gonna do well yeah. I mean too I mean you guys are traveling out of state if you're gonna I mean just Disneyland so much more bigger name if you're gonna travel from out of state you plan to go to Disneyland oh man and if you combine it with California Adventure, um, it's so fucking big. And then when we went to Great America, it's it seems so fucking small, compared comparatively anyway. When we were kids, Great America seemed huge, but now that we're adults and we've been to you know Disneyland, California Great Adventure, even Magic Mountain, it's, Great America just seems very really small. But anyway, all right. Um, how's your beer treating you, man? Good. Good enjoying it, um, sipping on it, but it's almost gone. Yeah, mine too. I, I mine was in a twelve ounce can. I did like it. It's super sweet though, so um, not my favorite. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I can see why this is a crowd pleaser. And um, so we're gonna rate our beers right now on Untapped. Uh, let's see here. I know you had by Oma Gang their OMG series, right? Yes. Um, OMG. Let's see if I can find it. What was it called again? All Hallows Treat. Oh, that's right. Oh. Oh, there it is. All Hallows Treat. Ooh, there's an All Hallows Dark too, but um, oh, it's a dark lager. All Hallows Dark is a dark lager. You, you might be dig that, but All Hallows Treat is a pastry stout. That's what they mark it as in Untapped. What would you like to give this beer? Okay, so see, now I'm thrown off because they didn't mention pastry stout, although I had a feeling it was that that sweetness was there. Right. So it's like, do I classify this as a pastry stout or as a peanut butter stout? Because that's what I was comparing it to. Well, there's no. So to be honest, there's no oh. category uh, in a tap that just says peanut butter stout. So you could do it for yourself as a peanut butter stout if you want to rate it that way. Okay. So, yeah. So, if I go by peanut butter stout, this is a four. Okay. It's phenomenal. Awesome. I like it. It has an overall rating right now of 3.91. So, you're not that far off the mark. Uh, let's see. Four. And what? Not that far. <laughs> there you go. The mark's not that far off of you. Uh, what would you like to rate this at? Four, right? I, I mean, I'm four. sorry. What, what notes would you like to leave on this? Oh, it's a sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Chocolatey. Yeah. And um stouty. And stouty. Very nice. Save and check in. Let me dismiss all these cards. And we got a lot of them this week. Just on that one. Hold on a second. Uh, oh, yeah. We had one friend who checked in on it. He did not rate it. Uh, Kane M uh, checked in on Al Hollow's Treat. All right. So this one um, by Melt My Brain. Um, like I said, I, I could understand why this is a crowd pleaser and why this is it's really uh, it's really uh, effervescent. Uh, it's sweet. Um it's is juicy as in it it tastes like kind of like a juice like an a like a lemonade type uh type of juice it's really good um 
So if I'm going to go in that route uh, with Shandy's, this is probably the might be the best Shandy I've ever had. If you want to rate it or uh, classify it as a Shandy. Let me see what Untapped calls it. Uh, let me see here. Um, melt my... Oh, there it is. I just had to put melt my... Um, they they call it a golden ale, but I wouldn't consider it a golden ale at all. But it's golden ale other. So, um, but as far as shandies go, I really like it. I really dig it. I'm going to give this one a 3.8. So check in 3.8. I'm going to say it's a uh, sweet and refreshing. Save. Check in. Let's see. We have. Uh, let me close these cards. And we do have uh, two friends who checked in on it. Cat uh, V. I haven't seen her in a while. I think uh, I have, um, she was on the show what like four years ago. I think um, she and her husband uh, just got married. I think last year. Now uh, she announced on her Instagram that she's pregnant. So uh, go Cat V. Um, uh, hope the baby is healthy. All I could say. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Uh, another, <laughs> another beer drinker in the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so unique. Another killer beer from Shorts. That's what she, she said. She gave it a four. And Hefe gave it a three. And he left no notes. All right. So Ahsoka, episode four. Or they call it part, part four. Uh, Fallen Jedi. Um, dude, after this one, I was so lost and confused, man. I had to go and watch the Star Wars nerd channels to let me know what the fuck is going on. I mean, your what was your overall impression of this episode? Wait, hang on. Did we talk about part three? Yeah, I I liked it. I liked the action. Um, and it just kind of the cliffhanger at the end. Right. Um, I had a feeling that they might do something like that. So, um, well, the the there well, there's several ways they could go with the with the teaser, if you will. Oh, the what do you mean? Well, at the end, when yeah. uh, Anakin showed up, yeah. So, like, is it going to be this thing that they did in Rebels with time travel? Um, mm. You know, in in Rebels too, Ahsoka died. Spoiler alert. Um, but she was brought back. So I was just wondering if like her, um, her reincarnation kind of doesn't really let her die too. That's the thing. Like how powerful is she really? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- uh-huh. That was the part that, that fucking tripped me out when, when I was watching the nerd channels was the fact that she was brought, she already died and she was brought back to life with one of the, with the sister of Dathomir or whatever that was. I, I, dude, I, I got totally, totally yeah. lost. Wasn't the sister Dathomir? They went to some force planet, and there was a father, a, a son, and a daughter. Mm-hmm. the The father was balanced, the son was evil, the daughter was good. And during that time, yeah, um, what you called? I forgot how it happened, but Ahsoka died. But then the um, the sister like incarnated her spirit with Ahsoka, and then that's why she has a little owl with her. Um, like they say, the owl is. is the the sister looking over her but then i think anakin like just got mad and killed everyone or something or killed the other two or or (laughs) defeated the other two to get out of the way okay so like it really affirmed that he was the chosen one now at the time is this this is a far stretch but um god damn it what what was her name from uh from the mandalorian the the girl with the short red hair didn't she have uh didn't she have a yeah, didn't she have a, a oh. yeah, Bo-Katan. Did did she have a um an owl on her on her Mandalorian helmet? Oh yeah, yeah, the well, the the uh, the um her her sex, the night owls or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is it that just a coincidence? Yeah, that's a coincidence. Okay, all right. Even uh, Sabine's helmet is in that design too. Oh, okay, yeah. It, does this have a like a I uh, I yeah the that the uh, what do you call it? the eye the eye slits right um yeah, the the visor or whatever yeah 
the All lens. Right. Well, well, let's get to the episode, then we we can uh, talk a little bit more about um, the lore and the uh, the can the new canon anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, the episode starts off on the ship on Setos. Uh, They're in the forest, the red the red leaf forest. Uh, Hu Yang, um, he's fixing the ship. Uh, Sabine tries to calm, but of course fails because uh, the the ship was fucked up. And plus, they're in the nab, and they they got cut off uh, from communications because they were jamming everything around in that system. Uh, Soka is outside, and she's like feeling the forest. That's all she's doing. Everyone else is fucking trying to get this ship back up and running, and she's outside just fucking feeling the forest. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hu Yang goes out uh, while Soka goes in, and she tells him, "Hey, you better uh, better be careful out there." Cause she feels something. She, you know, she got the force. She can feel out, and she knows something. Uh, something bad's about to happen. Um, then we see HK droids uh, surround the ship uh, in the forest, and they're kind of like hiding behind the trees, being hidden, waiting for the signal to attack. Um, and now uh, the next scene: uh, Balon and Shin, or and Merrick or Maroke. Forgot to pronounce his name, but they are in the uh, that temple. They call it the Henge later on in, in the episode. And Balon tells Shin and uh, Merrick to uh, go get him because they they come and report say, "Hey, we found him." She said, "Go." He said, "Go get him." So they go out. Um, that's when the, uh, the the HK droids get the signal to attack, so they attack the ship and pretty much get get wiped out right away by from um, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hu Yang. Um, let's see. Uh, and then after that, uh, Soka suggests that they repair the transmitter right away. And Hu Yang recommends, uh, oh, and then they, uh, uh, Soka and Sabine are going to go find, uh, going to go to, uh, to the temple and try to stop them from, uh, um, try to get the map. And Hu Yang suggests they stay together, which, uh, later on they do not, as we find out. Uh, next we see Hera. Uh, she, uh, disregards what the council, uh, kind of told her to, you know, we're not going to go help, uh, find Ezra and we're not going to, or find Thrawn actually. Um, but she leaves anyway and she takes about like about like five or six ships with her starships. Yeah. Little squadron. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, scene Morgan and Balin are at the temple and they use the map to get Thrawn's coordinates. So they put it right, right on the, this pedestal podium whatever and it shoots out uh kind of like uh, indiana jones in the t- in the temple of doom or no uh, uh raiders of the lost ark they go to the map room and uh sun sh- well the sun doesn't shine on it but it points out on the map where or in the galaxy where to find the other galaxy the coordinates the uh the heading you know indiana jones yeah you know indiana jones i got the vibe that um you know uh when ahsoka broke it up and it burned her hand that they're gonna be able to use that that scar for uh, part of the map, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Oh yeah, but but they they'll be six. Uh, it'll be like uh, ten meters to the right. Um, let's see. Uh, next, we see Ahsoka and Sabine. They run to the temple, but when they go, when they get to the uh, before they get there, they run into Shin and Merrick, and uh, Ahsoka fights Merrick. Uh, Sabine fights Shin. Um, dude, that that. So Merrick has that Inquisitor lightsaber and he pulls both blades out and the hilt is kind of like a circle and then he starts spinning it like a helicopter. And that looked pretty fucking cool. I liked it. It's interesting. It's it's kind of, uh, in the Star Wars world, I guess it's kind of um, uh, polarizing. It, it's a, like, it definitely is a gimmick. Yeah. And anyway, but, but then... Like, uh, kind of like, and then another Indiana Jones uh, reference, but uh, Ahsoka just kind of like runs by him and slashes. She he, he she times the the spinning of the blades so that her blade goes in between and just fucking kills him. And and uh, this whole time, Balin is is calculating the or is is uploading the coordinates right to the ship. Yeah, it's unlocking it like slowly. You know, real quick too. Um, in in Rebels, when Ahsoka returned, uh, she defeated an Inquisitor without a lightsaber, and uh, took 
the crystals from his to make her new ones. That's the the lore for that. Oh, okay. All right. Um. In fact, I think it might even. I think they said it might even be a, a something in a in a novel, not not actually on a, on on screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there's a lot of novels with it that they that they base some of this stuff off of. Right. Um, Sabine, uh, so the Sabine yells at Ahsoka to go get the, the, get the map. I got this. And, uh, it's funny cause at first, uh, Sabine is fighting against Shin and she's like Mandalorian fighting her. Then she's Jedi fighting, fighting her. And then, uh, I kind of skipping ahead, but it's storyline wise, but then, then she reverts back to Mandalorian, uh, fighting tactics. I see that little, well, not little, but yeah, switching up. Yeah, especially that one scene where she, uh, Shin was kind of pre- like uh, bracing herself for the force push and Sabine mm-hmm. do- doesn't have force power and then she said, you have no power. And then Sabine went from uh, her palm facing her to a fist, which uh, those little rockets came out of her, her wrist. Yeah. Uh, let's the, see. Like the little, uh, yeah. like little wrist gun, Jenga? Yeah, yeah, yeah the wrist gun, yeah. Uh, let's see. Ahsoka uh, then gets to the temple and faces Balin. Um, and Ahsoka uh, grabs the map and, like you said, kind of burns her hand. But she stops the upload uh, because of that. Uh, Shin and Sabine uh, show up because uh, um, after that little uh, a little wrist gun incident, uh, Shin kind of um, she throws like like multiple like uh, smoke smoke bombs and then she's able to get away and sabine gets away and they but they both end up over at the the temple anyway the hinge um and then that's when balin uh has ahsoka at the cliff's edge and he shoves her off and then we don't see her anymore until until a little bit later um sabine gets captured because balin man he knows how to fucking pull those strings on sabine Talking about, uh, we both want the same thing. We want to get to the other, uh, a galaxy. Different reasons, obviously. He wants to go get Thrawn. She wants to go see Ezra again because she's got a heart on for him. Um, and and that's you know, and and to that effect, she is not a good Jedi because a Jedi wouldn't use their feelings to to guide their actions. They would use logic. But Hu Yang said, uh, like, was it last year, last episode of the series, uh, episode before, that she is probably one of the worst uh, Jedi uh, Padawans he's ever seen. And then, um, yes, uh, Sabine gets captured. Uh, they put the map back on the pedestal, and the upload is completed. Uh, Hera gets there, uh, gets to Denab. Um, but it's just a little bit too late because the ring makes the jump to hyperspace. Uh, takes out a few of the um, of the uh, the squadron, and then uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, here. Um, oh, and then uh, Jason says, uh, "I have a bad feeling about this." So everyone takes a shot, and then uh, Ahsoka wakes up, and they're in. She's in the world between worlds. When I first saw this, and I had no idea about the world between worlds, I'm like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> what?" What, what what the hell's going on? And then I watched the Star Wars nerd channels and they talked about how they did this in Rebels and um, Ezra was in there and, and listened to voices from past, present, and future. And um, so this isn't anything new. And you when you brought it up a little while ago with the uh, um, with Ahsoka um, and because and, she was in there too and the owl and everything. Um, yeah, so and then she sees Anakin and talks with Anakin for a split second, and then the 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 episode ends right there. When um, true, I the the only criticism I have of that uh, that scene, but besides the fact that at first I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Um, and now now that I know, now the only criticism I has was have was uh, Anakin CGI was was not was not good. Uh, yeah, it was a little pressing. Yeah, his his face looks super wide. I don't know. I don't know how uh, how else to explain it. He looked kind of like the Joker, like with with uh, hu- with uh, <laughs> with flesh tone makeup on. You can see that. Yeah, you could try. You could tell it was a 
well, not him. Yeah, or if or it was, was him, him, it was like like aged down. Like, yeah, uh, too much filter. Yeah, poorly aged down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the Instagram versus reality. <laughs> yeah, they should put him on the fucking that, that Instagram page. But anyway, I still like it. I'm still intrigued. Uh, even though I, I have to go and watch it, I think to the casual viewer, they'll be like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> um, and they wouldn't they wouldn't want to go and, and check out all the uh, the explanations and everything. So, I don't know. What do, what do you think? What do you think of the series so far? I like it. I mean, it's still got a lot of potential. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, like you said, it's based on novels and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, for those of you that are in the know, it, it's there's a, a trilogy called Heir to the Empire, and it's about mm-hmm. Thrawn, and uh, he's a strategical genius that was, uh, yeah, sent away, and uh, during the fall of the, uh, the Empire, yeah. and so, yeah, the, the um, they're showing how there are still some Imperial loyalists that are waiting for his return. Um, to uh to to bring them back to glory if you will so at this yeah, point it, it's yeah. getting there i i do like the um you know I, I do like the character development of sabine i thought she was cool in rebels um i'm waiting for zeb or to come back that he was in mandalorian that big purple alien i mean oh, yeah, why not yeah. throw him mm-hmm. um already or you know when they uh they're gonna get to uh to the other galaxy somehow whether it's uh you know with uh with those whales or with uh you know however ahsoka comes back to uh that's what i was thinking the yeah the the purgle I, I i figured that's how they're gonna do it but yeah, i mean sabine i don't went... exactly know how it works but yeah i mean that's how they did it in the in rebels yeah um I know Sabine. Uh, Sabine's one of the main characters, so we're gonna follow her. So our vision of, of we'll, we'll figure out what they're doing because they'll show us on the show. That's what I'm saying. And in the previews, or you know, the trailers and everything for the series, they show Thrawn. So we know we're gonna see Thrawn. Um, my big question mark is okay between now and or like when when we see Thrawn and um, when we get to the the. Uh, the third part of the trilogy, the Skywalker saga. What? Why isn't Thrawn not in, in seven, eight, and nine? Like, do they defeat him between now and then, or is he? I believe so. Yeah, I believe he was killed. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm sure it has been answered in novels and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just interested in how they get there, though. Wait and see. Yeah, exactly. Or so, read a book. <laughs> I'm reading more about uh, um, beer and how to taste, so uh, I'm more interested in that because that's what pays the bills around here, man. Okay. <laughs> oh man! All right. So yeah, uh, we're halfway through the series. Uh, four more episodes. Um, very intriguing. It's more intriguing than uh, the Book of Boba Fett was. Book of Boba Fett was fun. It was like, uh, but it was more like a. Uh, a nostalgia feel good this is more intriguing to me and more um complex and sophisticated so that, that's what's holding me onto this episode uh to this series um and more so than andor even though i liked andor andor was better written and oh not better written but uh they had some great actors and the storyline was fucking cool but this one's more on the uh the skywalker saga line so it's more um uh, interesting as far as the original Star Wars a story goes. Yeah, I mean, Andor, Andor was good. Um, this one is showing a lot of potential, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, and everyone's doing very well. I I think, uh, you know, if, if I had one criticism, I think Sabine, um, her acting is whoever's... The person who's playing Sabine, sometimes it comes as a little over the top or a little bit um, corny. But uh, for the most part, uh, she's doing well. Yeah, you know, I for me, I uh, I just kind of like the story moving along. I really don't care too much on their acting. Okay, all right, I get that. Yeah, and, like, and I don't sure. care. I, I don't great. care about the relationships. I just care about the story. But so in that, in my aspect, go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, there, there should be a, you know, it, 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 there should be action and adventure and stuff like that. So, you know, as far as being like dramatic or, uh, I don't know, believable, <laughs> I'm, uh, I have a lot of leeway on that. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move along. Um, one more thing uh, I wanted to get to before we um, before we close out the show. I have one question for you. Are you ready for some football? Right. Oh, man. I am. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Can't wait for this fucking season to start. But for, real quick, before we get to the whole league you know season uh let's get to our team um they signed nick bosa and then they they announced today eric armstead's contract got resigned so now they have like 41 million dollars under the cap that's absurd and everyone's thinking they're gonna sign someone um is, is that pretty much all you know or do you know a little bit more what are your what are your people telling you there's two things it's either yeah they're they're gonna make a move, obviously, but I don't know where or or who, or um, it's kind of like building credit for next year because right now, mathematically, even with the projection, they're they're gonna be over the cap, but the the savings mm. could be carried forward. All right, um, to something. I was thinking that too. Like everyone's like speculating this and that. I'm I was just thinking like they're prepping for next year that they don't lose. They can't. It, it wouldn't hurt them next year. The the whole their salary structures and stuff. Right. Uh, but let, let's talk about the, uh, the week one uh, of the NFL, man. Um, a lot of storylines going on, but uh, let's talk about our team again. Um, Niners, Steelers. Uh, what do you what do you see? And what 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 do you think? What, what's your take on the game? Well, I heard it might rain. Um, that oh, was again? bad like last yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um you know at the same time um you know both teams got to play in it um you know what is it, is it pickens or picket who's the quarterback picket is the quarterback pickens is a receiver right yeah so i mean he's he's a young player too i mean uh as far as uh talent you know uh, pittsburgh's defense is uh is always showing up so mm-hmm. it should be a good you know, uh, you know, week one, no excuses. Um, just like Kansas City, right? You got to play the game. <laughs> well, last year, the, the 49ers lost their first two games, but they still went to the NFC Championship game. So the the game one does not define your season. Yeah, definitely, but you, you could set a tone. Yeah, and you, you would like to definitely win every yourself. single game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, and... And not everyone could put it together 10 wins in a row like the Niners did. That was a little bit, you know, a lot of skill, a lot of good planning, but a little bit of luck too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of nervous on this one. Uh, it was, uh, you know, the Brock Purdy still like a small question mark to me. Like, w- was last year a flash in the pan or was it real? Is he going to have a sophomore slump? Uh, how healthy is his arm? Can it sustain, you know, a whole game? I'm, I hope it does. You know, I, I'm I'm optimistic about it. Um, and then uh, I know uh, what's his name, uh, Tomlin. He's he's never gone under 500. He I think he's only if, since he's been the head coach of the Steelers. I think he's only lost Week One twice. He plays all of his players during the preseason. So I mean, there, there's a lot of um, I don't know. I'm 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 not nervous about the game, but I. I would put uh, in my Pickens league. I picked the Steelers. You know, I hope I'm wrong, but I picked the Steelers. I mean, I picked the Niners in my Pickens. Oh, my okay. Pickens though. I picked the um, damn. I picked the Chiefs. They uh, so did I. They they really came out flat. Well, I'm I'm in a Pickens league and I'm also in a Confidence league and and I picked the Chiefs, but I only put eight on them. I didn't I didn't think they were gonna. I didn't have a lot of confidence that they were gonna win, and obviously they they didn't. Um, their their receiving core looks terrible, man. I think that's what lost them the game. That, because yeah. without Kelsey, their receiving core is, is terrible. It wasn't Chris Chris Jones not being on the field. It was the fact Kelsey wasn't on the field and didn't open up the rest of it. And and they just kept dropping, especially that Tony guy, Kadavius Tony, whatever his name is. 
Yeah, he definitely was the go to the game. Yeah. And it was, I mean, he had that one uh, miss with the pick six, but he also had a couple other drops too, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the season for the Chiefs. They're going to be back. They're, they're, they're still going to do well. They're still going to, uh, they'll still win the West, I believe. And, and so and so do you, because that's who you picked in, in our predictions. Yes, and I still pick them. Okay, all right. Um, any other game uh, this weekend that you're, uh, you, that you got a, uh, I wonder what's going to happen, like uh, circled, because I, I have one that, or a couple maybe, that uh, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to anyway. Oh, and what would that be? Oh, uh, San Diego. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. Miami in LA. I'm I'm kind of curious on uh, on what Miami, uh, who Miami is, and. Um, what Brandon Staley is going to do without because he's he, Joe Lombardi left, right? If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. I can tell you. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, I'm kind of w- wondering like what that's going to be like if uh, Miami is actually better than uh, this week one, like we said, a grain of salt, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious in that one. And then uh, Dallas and New York. I know a lot of people are down on New York, I, I really think they're a good team, um, but. I want to see what Dallas does against them because uh, Dallas should be good, but you know we'll see. There's a lot of should-haves out there, and it's good. we got to wait and see about that. Now we can overreact, and uh, oh, you know, and another overreaction game might be even Cincinnati and Cleveland because a lot of people are up on Cleveland. And yeah, I was surprised on how many people are up on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They think uh, Watson's going to do great this year, and that remains to be seen, but. I don't know. I, I would pick Cincinnati over Cleveland at this point. Like, prove to me that you, you could do something. Um, you know, just because of, of where I live and uh, the uh, rivalry, too, I am interested to see how the Raiders do with Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. Raiders, uh, they're, they're in Denver, right? At least so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. I think Denver's uh, Denver is... They're favored, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, um, it would be something if uh, the Raiders did go up uh, to Denver and uh, and uh, lay the W on the uh, on the Broncos. Yeah, a lot of yeah, good stuff. Is it? Yeah, there you go. A lot of good stuff this year. All right, man. Um, yeah, can't wait for football to start. I. Ten hours tomorrow, man. I'm doing nothing. I'm I'm sitting on my couch doing nothing for ten hours, and watching football all day. Eh, maybe I throw some video games in there. You know, it seems like uh, even last year I noticed that uh, when the evening game comes, the the Sunday night game, I'll put it on like my iPad or my phone or my laptop or whatever, and then I'll play video games while I while I watch the game. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. But yeah, the during the, the the morning and the afternoon games, yeah, I'm just watching Red Zone the whole time because I love that fucking channel, man. Because I don't know, I I thought about getting Directv this year, but um, I don't know, it just seems like a little too price. I want a single team package. That's what I want. If I can get it, just just pay just for the 49ers, I'll pay for it. I'm not paying for everybody else though. How much would you pay? Um, for the season. Shit. Uh, realistically, I'd probably pay whatever the. I think it's like around three hundred dollars. If I'm not, I forget two eighty, three three hundred for the full season. I pay whatever okay. it is. I pay for half. Okay. I pay half the the uh, the price. I wouldn't divide it into thirty two, whatever the full price is. <laughs> I would pay half right. realistically. I mean, and that's not bad considering mm-hmm. like a game ticket. You're looking at that much already. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and I and I still have to sit through all the ads and everything, so it's not like it's ad free streaming. It's it's like you know live TV. I, I think it potentially could get there. Okay, I hope so, man. I hope so next year. Let, let me. I'm I'm I'll write into uh, YouTube TV and, and tell them because I am a subscriber, so they have to listen to me. Pretty much. All right, man. Um, anything else you'd like to add to this episode? Um, no, I, I mean, I wish I could watch 10 hours of football. I'll be 
I'll be packing and taking the family to Disneyland this week. So, ooh, you're packing up the you're packing up the Queen family truckster. Yeah, <laughs> taking the whole tribe <laughs> cross state. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun, man. How how long are you gonna be there? Um, we we get back uh, Thursday. Oh, okay. All right. And you've taken your older daughter. Have you taken your youngest daughter to Disneyland? Disneyland yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she was still little. She was one. In fact, it was her birthday when we went. Oh, so she was. She's a little bit more aware now. Oh yeah. Well, I hope she. Had, I hope y'all have a good time. Or is it just going to be you four? You're going to meet uh, other family there. Meet other family. Oh, nice. All right. Cool. Right on, man. What What's the one ride you you are looking forward to personally? This is going to be hard. I'm, I want to try to do uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but their Halloween edition, which I think it starts like at 3 p.m. Hmm. All right. But, uh, we, um, you know, my, my my daughters are small, so doing all day at Disney isn't, uh, oh, gotcha. isn't a practical plan. So, yeah, hopefully uh, they could hold on long enough for, for me to <laughs> do that uh, ride, if you will. Well, you got to report back, man. I want to hear what is uh, the the Halloween edition is like. Okay. Yeah. If, if you can get there, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. That and like rides with them. Um. I know, like, uh, California Adventure, the the Luigi, um, cars and the mm-hmm. um, the Mater uh, ones that that one's a Halloween theme as well. So. Oh, okay. So, and yeah. the girls get on that. So. The, That'll be fun. The scary mater ones. Yes. Very nice. Does he have like? Doesn't he put like little like fangs like he's Dracula? I think so. Yeah. All right, man. Can't wait to hear about it. Um. So thank you for downloading yet again another cold brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we'd like to wish you cheers. Dennis. <laughs>